What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Tuesday, September 8th. Yeah, I took yesterday off. All right, deal with it. <laughs> I needed a, a little break before the season started, and I didn't technically take the day off because I was working my butt off for FTN Fantasy yesterday, getting projections, rankings, all that set up, plus uh, getting things set up for this podcast today in terms of some players that we can add before the season starts, some guys we can drop, and of course we have to unpack everything that has happened with roster cutdowns. wasn't a It wasn't a crazy weekend by any means, but we're doing that all on the pod for you today. So load it up on today's podcast. Before I get into that, of course, you know I got to tell you about our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well. You need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different. They're different, baby, than all the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there's no salary caps. You don't play against sharks. It means anybody has a chance of winning, even you. Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, Golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, esports, and of course, football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all, and you know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R A N T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you'll be pretty certain you know what you're getting into when you sign up to play. Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. Use that promo code RANT. This is the time, baby. Football now. It's hard to believe. We're two two stinking days away. (laughs) It's palpable. It is. I love this time of year. Love it. Thursday night's going to be a lot of fun. But we have a little bit of work to do before we get into that. So... Let's dive in uh, to everything that sort of took place over the weekend with cutdowns. And also, I should say, so if you were placed on injured reserve before roster cutdown, you're done for the season, right? There is a new injured reserve rule this year, though. So, for example, Damian Harris is now on injured reserve. But that is not the injured reserve that you and I both know very well from last year. Last year, IR, eight weeks minimum. You could be designated to return, but the teams were limited in terms of who they could bring back. This year, completely different. This year, three weeks is the is the min, and teams can bring back as many as they want. So this is this is much less injured reserve as we know it, and much more like 15 day DL. If you're a baseball fan, it's uh, very 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 different than what we're used to. So not the end of the world that. Damian Williams landed on injured reserve. He could be, and I fully expect him back by week four. So if you have him, you're not going to drop him. We'll go over some players to drop, some players to add in a minute. But I do want to unpack, just find, you know, I guess tie a final bow on the Adrian Peterson, he gone from Washington. He's now in Detroit. In Washington, this is definitely good for Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson is not, I really doubt, a 200 carry guy. But if he gets like a, if he gets like a sort of Austin Eckler light workload, you know, so 125 to 150 carries and like 45, 50 catches, he's going to be an RB2 plus. So if you drafted him in, let's say, the seventh round or the eighth round, 
12th or the ninth round, depending on when you drafted, you got you already had you already have a return on your investment. And here's the thing: like when I talk about trades, first thing, first things first, trade with a purpose in mind. That purpose is one purpose only, it's to make your team better. And if you get a trade offer, the question you should be asking yourself isn't should I accept? It's does this trade make my team better? And if the answer is yes, then the second question is answered for you. You don't have to worry like should I accept? If it makes you you're, you better, yes, of course you should. Of course you should. So if you're going to trade somebody like Leonard Fournette, for example, who it sounds like he's going to have a decent role, but I wouldn't go too overboard here in week one. That's going to be a fun game, though. That's going to be a fun game. New Orleans, Tampa Bay in week one. But I wouldn't go too overboard there. Anyway, if you're trading him right now, you're trading him for less than what you bought him at on draft day, very likely, unless you drafted this past weekend, which are you already thinking about trading him? <laughs> Maybe shouldn't have drafted him then. But you're losing on that, right? You bought higher than what you're selling for. So, for example, like if you continue to do that in the stock market, continue to buy stocks high, sell them lower, you're going to run out of money. <laughs> you're losing money there. Not a good proposition. Whereas Antonio Gibson, if you were to trade him right now for like somebody of a fifth round value, somebody, I don't know, DJ Chark or whatever, I don't know, I don't know. Well, you just ended up making money on that deal because you bought him on draft day, let's say in the eighth round. You also spent a fifth round pick on somebody else. Maybe it was Cam Akers, who knows? Well, now you have two fifth-round picks on your roster, and we don't know for certain what Antonio Gibson is, but we're you know we're taking advantage of the perceived value. I'm not trading Antonio Gibson. I'll tell you that I have him in a cup on a couple rosters. I'm not trading him, but if you were to think like now's the time to strike, now's the time to trade him, that that makes sense because you're you're selling higher than what you bought. That's just the name of the game. That's the name of the game. So he's a league guy. I think there is appeal to having Bryce Love stashed on your rosters. Peterson goes to uh, to Detroit, which isn't that weird? That could be weird seeing him in a Detroit line. And I know he's been on a bunch of teams since Minnesota, but he's like forever locked in my mind in a, in a Vikings uniform. And and you know to see him in a rival is definitely weird. But for me, this is not necessarily any sort of knock on Swift. This is a knock on Carrion Johnson, like a direct knock on Carrion Johnson. And with Bo Scarborough banged up, he's on injured reserve, but you know, again, he could be back soon. But still they they get a guy in who can give them work in the early downs. If you drafted DeAndre Swift this past weekend, chances are you got a good deal on him. You might have even gotten him in the seventh round. I took him in the sixth round last night in an FPC draft. But really, I took him because running backs were flying, and I needed to address it. So I, you know, I needed to make sure I checked the box of getting four running backs before round ten. So I went after him there, you know, and wasn't worried about it. I, I think he's still got that Miles Sanders second half potential this season, regardless of Peterson. There's no fantasy value to Peterson. And honestly, carry on Johnson. I'm almost to the point where like I didn't end up drafting him in any season-long leagues. I have some shares of him in best ball, but I'm at the point where I, I don't want him whatsoever. Uh, Jacksonville, not that they made any significant roster cuts, but Ryquel Armstead landed on COVID again. So this is crazy. It looks like there's a chance 
James Robinson is the lead back. Now, I'm going to take that only as far as I can throw it because that was based on the the depth chart on the team website, which those really aren't that good. <laughs> they they really aren't. But it's Robinson, Divine, and Zigbo. I mean, we know what Chris Thompson is. He's the, he's the passing down back. Armstead is at the point now where if you owned him, he gone. I, 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 could, I easily cut him. There's no reason to own him because... Second time on the list, he was already behind the eight ball. He's further behind the eight ball. Remember, this is a new offense at Jacksonville. Further behind the eight ball. It's going to take a while. If not, he may have just screwed himself completely out of this. Now, it's hard to believe this team is going to roll there with two UDFAs as their top two guys in early downs. But that's, I mean, that's kind of where we are. They weren't able to get a deal done. Surprise, surprise with Devonta Freeman. By the way, we're not adding Devonta Freeman. (laughs) I don't think he goes anywhere. I don't think he lands anywhere. So, anyway, that's kind of where we are. I'm avoiding this this offense um, outside of, well, outside of the passing game. I'm going to avoid the run game in this offense early in the season and see what it see how this shakes out. Like in week one, if it's a Zigbo more or Robinson more. Uh, a few a few weeks ago, somebody had asked me why I didn't have Lamar Miller in our FTN draft guide, and I was like, because he's really far down in my rankings, and now we see why. He was released. So that's a little bit of a mess in that backfield because of uh, Harris being on injured reserve for at least the next three weeks. But you have Sony there. Sony's going to be eased back in. But keep in mind, ease back in could still mean 12, 13, 14 carries. He's just not going to see a 20-plus workload. Rex is there. Uh, you have James White, and you have J.J. Taylor, who's kind of like a James White clone here for week one because Miller's out of the mix. And then Mo Sanu out of the mix. Wow, what a bad, <laughs> bad trade that was for the Patriots. Speaking of trades, Lynn Bowden uh, traded to Miami. I don't expect to see much Bowden early on, but they're going to view him as a wide receiver, not a running back. So they really tried to force the issue in Oakland with him as a running back. It wasn't a fit. They also released Theo Riddick. But keep in mind, Devontae Booker, I always want to call him Devin Booker. <laughs> Devontae Booker and Jalen Richard are on that roster, and they're both passing down guys. So I can't say I'm going to get too carried away with Josh Jacobs just yet. I will tell you this. Tomorrow on the podcast, we are breaking down some rankings. Josh Jacobs is a pretty sexy week one ranking. That's all I'm going to say for right now. It shouldn't be a shock given his opponent, but pretty sexy. But I don't have him getting a huge share of the uh, of the passing game workload. Regardless, that's where we are with that. Uh, we'll see what happens with Bowden. They they needed they needed some some help there for sure. Couple uh, just disappointing dynasty releases too. Hakeem Butler released, not even practice squatted. John Kelly released from the Rams. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. A little piece of me died when uh, Hakeem Butler was released and not even practice squatted. So, I mean, at least Trey Quinn, who was released the Scarn, was released from Washington and was practice squatted uh, by the Jags. But anyway, those practice squad spots are gonna be pretty important this year. They are, no doubt about it. Uh, so let's dive in now to you know some some guys who you can potentially cut loose. If you have them, uh, maybe you know maybe you drafted a while ago and you kind of forgot that you drafted like Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, yeah, can't keep him. Or you missed the news that Tyrell Williams landed on injured reserve. Obviously, can't keep him. Uh, there are some other guys though that I think you know you could cut loose. Uh, 
Ryquel Armstead. If you have him, I, I just don't see any reason to be rostering him uh, at this point. Uh, you know, there are guys like Josh Reynolds. He was drafted. A lot of people thought he would be like maybe a late round upside guy. And now Van Jefferson looks like he blew right by him on the depth chart. You may have potentially drafted DeAndre Washington. He he is not the handcuff now. It's Darrell Williams. You possibly may have drafted Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is going to open the season as the number three receiver there. And why that's significant in Minnesota Minnesota's going to run a lot of 12. That means two tight end sets with two tight on, tight ends on the field. Well, you don't have a third receiver on the field, third wide out. So if he's behind BC Johnson and BC Johnson is basically getting all those snaps, we may see 50%, you know, 50% of the snaps out there for Justin Jefferson. That's not enough to get volume to be fantasy relevant. And I don't think it's worth hanging on to him right now. Guys like T Higgins don't think it's worth hanging on to him right now. Even Denzel Mims, like some of these young, the rookie wideouts, your bench spots are really important. And I don't know if people stress that enough, how important they are. Like if you're looking at your bench right now, unless you're required to have a backup defense, which I know some leagues require it, whatever, if that's your league, then fine. If you aren't required to have a backup defense, then do not have a backup defense because defenses are the Cal Ripken juniors of fantasy football. They don't miss a game. They do not miss games. They don't get hurt. They're not declared out. Although this year, maybe they <laughs> maybe they do miss games with COVID. But still, even in a COVID year, I don't care. And there's no argument you can make to win that one, by the way. You're wasting a bench spot. Think about it. You start one defense. How many running backs do you start? Probably start two or three. How many wideouts do you start? Probably start three or four. Those are so much more important, and I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but I have. Say I have four running backs on my roster, and two of them are hurt in one week. I now have a problem on my hands. If I don't have depth on my bench, I have a big problem on my hands. Don't waste your bench spots on defenses. Don't waste your bench spots on these guys who don't need to be on your bench. You know, there there are still others. Uh, James Washington. I just talked about rookie wideouts. Chase Claypool could blow by him. Speaking of rookie wideouts, I don't want to use a I don't want to use a bench spot on him. You know, there there are guys like that who you just don't need to use a bench spot on. Now that being said, if you don't have a player to drop, don't drop a player. You don't need to add all the time. You don't need. There are some people that think that like I need to add. You don't need to add. You may want to add. And may have an opportunity to add. But if you don't have that opportunity, then don't force it. So some running backs that I am adding. uh, If I have the opportunity right now, I would possibly toss a Zigbo or Robinson on my bench. I prefer a Zigbo, but it's only barely. Uh, Actually, ahead of them, I would probably run out and grab Joshua Kelly. I drafted him last night in my final draft of the year. Uh, If he's out there, Jarek McKinnon is appealing. Benny Snell is appealing. Those guys may be ahead of the Jacksonville guys. I think that all three of them could be owned, by the way, but I don't want to own Thompson outside of a very deep league, Uh, you know, like a 16-teamer. Maybe a little bit deeper at running back outside of the names that I've already mentioned. I think Daryl Williams, if you're in a deeper league. So deeper leagues can be one of two things. Deeper leagues can be more teams, 14, 16, or more league. 
they could be more spots. Like if you have deeper benches, if you have like a 10-man bench or deeper, you're a deeper league. You can roster more people. Or if you're starting more people, you can roster more people. So leagues like that, I would start to look at these naked handcuffs. So if I don't have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I'd be looking at Daryl Williams. Darrington Evans, maybe. He's not really a true handcuff to, uh, you know, to Derrick Henry, but He'll have a role, and he's getting some buzz in camp. Bryce Love, another guy, you know, deeper league. Brian Hill has, it looks like he's leapfrogged Ito Smith on that depth chart, so he's kind of the handcuff. If Gurley went down, there's there's some appeal to Brian Hill. I, I liked a little bit of what we saw out of him last year, and, you know, another year in this system, and taking a step forward. So, uh, Eno Benjamin, Mike Davis, these are like deep league guys. Who could be, you know, they're they're naked handcuff deeply guys. And if you don't know what a naked handcuff is, it just simply means you're taking the handcuff of a guy you don't own. I don't want to handcuff my backs. You know, I, I know there's a lot of people in this scenario, and I'm sorry if you're in this scenario, but like this is like the worst case one. If you have both Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, because not only is it sort of you're doubling, you're double dipping on the same roster, but now you're also gonna have to play the darn guessing game. <laughs> In the beginning of the season. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't want that. I don't want to, I want to diversify my roster a little bit more. So, for example, if I had Zeke and Tony Pollard and Zeke never gets hurt, I'm kind of screwed with Tony Pollard because I can't drop this dude just in case. Can't trade him. Nobody's going to want him unless Zeke gets hurt and then I don't want to trade him. So, I just wasted a bench spot all year long. Whereas if I don't have Zeke, Tony Pollard makes sense. I could take a flyer on him now. If Zeke got hurt early on, boom, lightning in a bottle. I won the lottery. Yahtzee. If he doesn't get hurt, I got a little potential bargaining chip with the Zeke owner. I'm not I'm not going to probably get much for Tony Pollard, but I could toss him in a deal. And hey, if I really wanted to, I could cut Tony Pollard. I, it, I'm not married to him. So it's much. it makes so much more sense to go that route than the other way around. Uh, at wideout, I think Brian Edwards is probably the biggest name on my list. If he's out there, he is a starter in this offense. That's going to be a lot of fun in week one, Vegas versus Carolina. Uh, Steven Sims is a starter for Washington. He's he's really the other guy at the top of my list. If they're out there, I'm going after those two guys. Lots of upside with those guys uh, there. But there's still some other names. I think Auden Tate is interesting given... A.J. Green's injury history, A.J. Green is allegedly healthy, so we'll see, but uh, he's interesting, and you know, there's some buzz, there's some buzz about Auden Tate, Paris Campbell, lots of juice with his uh, with his speed, so I, I like him, I, I was actually taking him in the late rounds, as we get a little bit deeper, I mentioned Chase Claypool, I think in deeper leagues, I'd be looking at him, I would also be looking at Miles Boykin, his former college teammate, uh, very similar players, in fact. Uh, so I think both of them have appeal. Marquez Valdez, Scantling. Hey, there's an op- there's a chance there. There is a chance. You're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance he could be the number two. I know we've been down that road before, but there's a chance. Number two in that offense, not too bad. Andy Isabella, I think, is really interesting. Van Jefferson, who I talked about earlier. And then, hey, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. That's fun to say is, well, he's in a good position for week one with Alshon banged up, with Rager banged up. Looks like Rager is going to be back relatively soon, uh, but those guys are are in the mix. If I had to go very deep, I would be looking at BC Johnson, maybe Scotty Miller, but I'm not too crazy about either one of those guys from an upside standpoint. 
At tight end, um, I, I think the big name is Eric Ebron if he's out there. I would rather have Eric Ebron than Jack Doyle. I would rather have Eric Ebron than Blake Jarwin. I wouldn't rather have Eric Ebron than Jonu Smith, right? So if you had, or how about like uh, Chris Herndon? I would actually rather have Eric Ebron, but that's me. But that's kind of where I am. So if you didn't, if you didn't draft a backup tight end and you have one of those expendable guys, Eric Ebron's an easy pickup. If you drafted a very low upside backup tight end like a Jack Doyle, then Eric Ebron is is an is a pretty solid lateral move. Outside of him, I mean, I'm keeping my eye on Logan Thomas. I just think he's really interesting just because there's there's meat on the bone in that passing game. But I'm not going to go too overboard. And then in deeper leagues, Tyler Eifert would probably be the guy who I would pick up. Just because if he doesn't get hurt, Tyler Eifert can be pretty solid, and there's no competition for him there. At quarterback, I'm not really going to stash anybody or anything like that, but there is one guy who very likely was not drafted in your league, and he is what I'm calling a screaming streamer. Like, freaking stream me this week, you morons. (laughs) Like, basically yelling at us. He called us morons. I'm hurt by that. Terod Taylor. Dude, nobody drafted this guy, right? Nobody drafted him outside of two quarterback leagues. He is the starter in week one. He has a favorable matchup. He is one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL. So even if he doesn't put up big big numbers with his arm, he's going to give you a high floor with his legs. And he's going to be a top 15 option this week. Like, you could definitely do a lot worse. And if you somehow screwed up, I did have somebody say, yeah, I, I waited until the very end and I drafted Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, Terod Taylor is a much better option this week than Jimmy Garoppolo. So a screaming streamer there in Terod Taylor. All right, so there you go. So tomorrow, we really start the regular roll here, the weekly season grind with rankings. Wednesday is rankings day on the pod, so we'll break the positions down for you, give you an initial look, and take it from there. Of course, if you want all the goodness, though, you want all my rankings, you get them at ftnfantasy.com. If you want the wide receiver cornerback matchup chart, newly newly improved for 2020, that is over at ftndaily.com and ftnbets.com for the wide receiver cornerback matchups. Appreciate everybody reviewing the podcast. Please continue to do so. We got to get to that 1,000 more. 1K! 1K! Easiest way to review the show on iTunes is if you have an iPhone, open up the podcast app, find my podcast, The Rant, scroll to the bottom, click the stars, and that's it. It's really that simple. All right. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. And tomorrow it's on to rankings. Ooh, football is in the freaking air. I cannot wait until Thursday night. Hey, I can't even wait until tomorrow. So I will catch you then on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here. <laughs>